Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Look, in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's China. I played the gong yesterday at my local show, and somebody, uh, one of the youngsters here went and complained, said it was racist. And you know what I said? Pick a side. (laughs) Because that's the way I feel. Is this insane? China has a balloon over us spying. A U.S. official says the Department of Defense has been tracking what's believed to be a Chinese spy balloon for days, making its way from west to east, and that it lingered over Montana. Another senior defense official saying F-22s were launched on Wednesday for a possible shoot-down of the balloon. They did not take the shot. Sources tell ABC News it's the size of three buses with a technology base suspended below and has been hovering over several other northern states as well over the last several days. Instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously over the past several years. We're told from an intelligence-gathering perspective the balloon is of little worth. Little worth. Again, they're all about gather as much data as possible. It's not about the worth. And I'm just going to say this right now. It's about the gall. It's about the fact that they're looking at us saying, here's a giant white balloon floating above you, spying on you. What are you going to do about it is the way I feel. Why haven't you shot it down? It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Guess Biden wanted to, and they're like, yeah. Spy balloons apparently cross the United States every now and then, and in this case, from China. And in this case, NORAD essentially sent up F-22s to figure out what's going on. And that's the reason why President Biden conferred with his national security team and asked for military options. They determined that it was not appropriate to shoot down this balloon because of the risk it posed to civilians on the ground. And that's why President Biden followed that advice. Sorry. Is it, now here's my thing, right? Because you're gonna, I, you're, you're gonna hear something in a second that's gonna infuriate, like infuriate me. Uh, is there a moment where you're like, okay, it's too close? Okay, it's in a flight path of potential airplanes. Okay, it's just, is there a moment where we decide, hmm, what is it looking for? What is it looking at? So one of the big things that uh, China could be doing with this is they could be uh, scooping up signals intelligence. In other words, they're looking at our cell phone traffic, looking at our radio traffic. They're looking at uh, the government's command and control networks. And uh, we have a ballistic missile base, a series of ballistic missile silos in Montana and in North Dakota and Wyoming. Uh, So these are the kinds of things that they could be looking at. Also, uh, they're probably looking at the strategic bomber bases that we have in the Dakotas. Oh, oh, is that it? That's all they're doing? Now, this is what infuriates me because, you know, we've got some issues. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons, our military analyst, about in the hour, about the issues we're having with China. Last week, we have a military uh, general comes out, four-star general, Air Force, comes out and says, yeah, we're preparing for war from China right around 2025. There's a potential for that. We've got Lloyd Austin over there in, in Asia, in the Philippines, expanding our bases or our... Hey, you could share the space with you. It's not permanent, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You've got Japan. It's now the third largest military spender in the globe because people are expecting pushback and the opportunity that maybe sometime in the near future, something goes sideways and everybody's going to be sucked into something. 
But listen to what this guy says about, well, the diplomatic side of it. One of the things that you have to look at when it comes to this is what kind of a diplomatic fiasco it would be if they did shoot it down. You know, there's a potential that it could raise tensions even more. Uh, there's a potential, of course, that if you did shoot it down, uh, there would be a, the possibility of the loss of life on the ground. Uh, they usually opt to let things like this fly over and uh, and let them pass on to uh, you know to their to their handlers. Excuse me. Did you just say? that the diplomatic look could be bad. They're spying on us. They've got a giant-ass balloon right here spying on us, the United States of America, in our airspace over our country. And we're worried about, well, how would that look? How about this? How does it look that they're spying on us? I'm just curious oh you are huh it's beijing saying the chinese government cautioning against what they describe as hype claiming they're still gathering facts the pentagon now closely tracking the balloon says it currently poses no physical threat to civilians commercial aviation or u.s military assets still on wednesday defense officials say as a precaution the U.S. Air Force mobilizing F-22 fighter jets in case the order was made to shoot down the balloon. Just curiosity here. Nobody else finds this a little disturbing that our our reaction is, man, let's let it do what it does, right? You know, we don't want to make them upset. F you at this point. Sorry, but no. Well, Chad, stuff could fall. Okay, well, follow it out to the ocean and then blast it. How about capturing it? How about we send up our own balloons, right? And we'll get the ones that look like Shamu from uh, from the old uh, like SeaWorld and a few others. Maybe get the Goodyear blimp. We'll surround that sucker and we'll slowly bring it down. How about that? How about apples that are those apples? How about popping it? How about that? Oh, that's not very nice. I'm just throwing it out there. I feel like... There is some issues here about the way it's going to look. Well, it's going to look bad for us. It's not going to look good for us. They don't care. Why does this look bad for us if we shoot down something that's spying on us over our heads and somehow us going, hey, this is a no-go here. Somehow that's our bad. They're obviously doing something. They're spying. We all spy on each other. We get it. But the brazenness of this should be, well, it shows you a lot of things. It shows you, like, is this where we are? We're told by senior defense officials that these balloons fly every now and then across the continental United States, but they move very quickly. What makes this case stand out more is that we are talking about something that is moving very slowly, and that's why it rose all the way up to the level of the president. Yeah, as it should. And I guess... Biden did want to shoot it down, but they're like, nah, we're not going to shoot it down. It's not going to get anything. It's not going to do any of the stuff. They want to know where our nuclear weapons are. They're off your shore. (laughs) That's where they are. If you really want to know. If you have to know, our super secret $25 cabillion submarine is just about 50 yards off your shore, and you're not going to be able to get it. So get used to that. Jeez. I was just so frustrated by... The again, we all spy on each other. 
allies spy on each other. We all get that. The brazenness of this, though, is the issue. The, like, we're just going to let it hang out here, slowly but surely do its thing. And and it and it, it came down from Alaska. It's been moving. And while all of this is going on, we don't want to upset them. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think it's okay to upset them. They're pissed now. You know that, and I know that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the things. Michael Lyons, military analyst, is going to join us at the bottom of the album. We're going to talk about that as well as what's going on in Ukraine. And uh, what did the four-star general say last week that's got a lot of people going, hmm, China, huh? Because we know what they're up to. They know what they're up to. It's time we have a real conversation about it in this country. I, I, I would think so. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-3, 6, 9, all this incredible stuff. Goes right into your dog's food, and it is yummy, says my dog, Doodle. Later on, we're going to do a story about a dog that is 30 years old. 30 years old. Does he take Rough Greens? I don't know. But Doodle, while not 30, is up there, right around 15. And I tell you what, if I got Doodle till 30, whoo, that'd be hilarious. Make my family a little bit angry. But imagine having your dog healthier and happier. That's what Rough Greens can provide. Gives you all this amazing stuff packed in this great supplement. You just sprinkle it on top of your dog's food, and that's all you have to change. They're going to send you out a free bag right now. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. It is that simple. RUFFgreens.com slash Chad gets you a free bag of Rough Greens. Don't change a thing. Just keep everything the same except add Rough Greens to your dog's food and watch what happens. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. RUFFgreens.com slash Chad. Congress is junior high and high school rolled into one. We talk about that straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. The jobs numbers were much higher than expected. U.S. employers added 517,000 jobs in January, almost three times higher than expected, and more than double the 223,000 jobs added in December. The unemployment rate, 3.4%. That's a 50-year low. Good for job seekers, bad for investors, or anyone who wants to borrow money. The Fed now almost certain to make more aggressive interest rate hikes to tame inflation. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, another interesting thing. We got something here. It's like, well, okay, now we're going to have to raise rates again. We traded them quarter point. Oh, my goodness. It's about the jobs, but there's plenty of jobs available. One of the reasons you slow down inflation uh, is there's no jobs available, and people are worried about losing their jobs, and there'll be more people competing for a job. Now you've got more jobs than there are people. So, again, the rolling recession. Some of those places that they've added jobs are great, and some of those other places they're losing jobs, as we're hearing. Well, that's that mid-level management, white collary management kind of thing. Uh, you know, that that you're gonna see more of that, I guess, being lost in the tech industry, but the tech industry was overvalued. So the pullback in some areas and and stuff moving forward 
In others, it's it's an odd time. Speaking of odd times, we live in it. Ilhan Omar, uh, I guess, pulled off a uh, 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 one of the committees yesterday, like the Foreign Affairs Committee. But I, I, I'm going to break this down for you guys. Middle school is what Congress has become. The Senate might be high school, a little collegey, but elementary school, middle school is what Congress is. And they're arguing about her. Why did they pull her off? Kevin McCarthy. She said the American military was equal to Hamas and the Taliban. From a member of the foreign affairs, she said Americans only like Israel because it's all about the Benjamins. She said on 9-11, as a member of Congress, as an individual who's sitting on foreign affairs, something happened that day. What does that say to other people around the world? What does that say to somebody else who wants to create another 9-11 America? I'm sorry. It's not right. We were right in our action, and she can serve on other committees. But it puts America in jeopardy, and I'm not going to do that under my watch. And it's fair in the process, unlike them. Now, I'm going to say this, and I want you guys to know, I do not think that Ilhan Omar is going to want to cause another 9-11. But she did say those things, and it's a fair point. I got zero problems with that. But it's the reaction of everybody that becomes very childish. Where do we start here? So think about this. It's first period. Stuff was said overnight. You get there. You're talking to your friends. Now you got to go from first period to second period. We're going to see some other friends who've heard some stuff and the game of telephones being going on. And of course, now they start arguing amongst each other and away we go. There is this idea that you are a suspect if you are an immigrant or if you are from certain parts of the world or a certain skin tone or a Muslim. Is anyone surprised that I am being targeted? All right. So, oh, it's, it's, it's the color of your skin and it's the fact that you're a woman. That's that's it. Not the fact that you said stuff. And look, let's be real. I think we can both agree uh, the celebrity here in, in the house drives us all crazy. People are more worried about, you know, how do I look on Insta? What's my TikTok like? How many followers do I have on, on Twitter? That right there is more, more important to them than the everyday average needs of the individual that is you and I and the American people. But this is, again, childhood, childlike stuff. So you've got her. I've been hurt. I've been upset. So what happens between second and third period? You have somebody who comes out who's pissed and angry because did you hear what such and such said about so and so? Madam Speaker, this is a revenge resolution, a revenge resolution that seeks to remove Representative Ilhan Omar's strong and necessary voice from the Foreign Affairs Committee. It is an attempt to silence her simply because you do not agree with her views and you cannot begin to understand her lived experience. You don't have any solution, so you're trying to distract with these inane, gentlewoman's time has expired. Absurd, absolutely absurd resolution okay so she's angry and upset then they call somebody's mother and the mother comes in to say i don't like any of this the way that we see this it's a political stunt uh, much like house republicans unjust removal of other leading democrats from key committees uh, in recent weeks and it is a disservice to the american people oh there we go so mom's come in and said something and then finally everybody's just had enough right 
And here comes the leader of, of, of the pack, the mean girls, the leader of the hip and the cool, to lay it all down for everybody. And this happens at lunch. One of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks. When you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank oh. Of course, you also have to bring it back to you at some point in time because it wouldn't be America junior high if you didn't. That's junior high in a nutshell right there. And that happens to be our Congress. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Mike Lyons, military analyst, joins us straight ahead. What is going on with the balloon? What should we do about it? China, Ukraine, a lot of stuff to get to. We talk to him straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. And show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The administration facing growing criticism. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy calling for a meeting of the so-called Gang of Eight, the top congressional leaders, saying China's brazen disregard for U.S. sovereignty is a destabilizing action that must be addressed. Absolutely. Look, for we all spy on each other. We know we spy on each other. Allies spy on each other. The reality is this is even so much about that. It is the brazenness, the looking us in the eyes and saying kind of scenario that I think is pissing a lot of people off. Joining us uh, now is uh, our military analyst has been with us since the start of the whole Ukraine thing uh, and a guy that has got his finger on all this stuff, retired Army Major uh, Mike Lines. And Mike, the brazenness of this is what really I think is irking people uh, more than anything else because they're just, there's no, like they're doing it right in our face and saying, what are you going to do about it? I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around this. Uh, the Chinese have more than enough capability to spy on our ICBM fields. Um, you know, they have a space station. They're trying to go to the moon. They have spy satellites. Um, and I just can't figure this out. Any level. It's, like, it's like we've returned to the, the early part of the 20th century. You know, we're, we're, we're alarmed that there's a balloon flying over Montana. It's at 60,000 feet. I mean, it's, it's well above, you know, commercial airspace. Um and I, I don't know what, what's actually on that uh, in, in terms of what it's actually looking at. It, you know, those things move slow and they are easily targeted. So I don't get it. I, you know, we've got World War One taking place in Ukraine and we've got World War One taking place with this amazement over a balloon flying over our land. I, I, you know, and the last thing I would say is I, I'll bet you there's some kind of lawyer running around the Pentagon saying, no, no, we can't shoot that thing out of the sky because it's at this level that, 
you know, tr- you know treaties of, the, of, of, you know, airspace over countries, it's probably above that. It probably is above that, which is probably why we're not going to shoot it out of the sky. Uh, argue we should have shot it. If we were going to shoot it, we should have shot it over the sky the second it crossed over into Alaska. So I, I, um, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I don't, there's no military solution of it. I mean, it's pretty easy to pop a weather balloon if we had to. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back, you know, some people are saying some of the low tech stuff has its advantages in some way. Well, maybe so, but this is just right in our face, I think, which is frustrating people. And then you have a lot of people going, well, we don't want to anger the Chinese. Well, yeah. Uh, really? So that's what we're, we're going to let them do what they want. So we don't upset them. When did we start allowing bad countries and bad dictators to start dictating to us what they can and can't do? Forgetting we have more and badder ass stuff than they do. Yeah, I mean, pretty much about two years ago, two years ago and two weeks ago, frankly. And, uh, you know, it started with trying to get out of Afghanistan. And, um, you know, I don't think this administration is going to do anything about it. They're, they're obviously not going to shoot it out of the sky and, you know, claiming that the debris would fall and hurt people on the ground. Maybe it would wipe out a couple of cow pastures or so. Um, we're, we're, you know, the, the threat of continuity in this administration is just weakness from a foreign policy perspective. And this is just another example of it. I, there's, you know, the, the Chinese, this is great power um, competition that they're playing, you know, that whole analogy of, you know, they're playing three-dimensional chess and we're still trying to play checkers literally on the front porch of the old age home and so i, I think um you know there's we're going to continue to see things like this and and measure see what the measured response is by this administration you got blinken going to beijing here in a in a couple of weeks or so or next week and uh maybe he can talk to them about it but but nothing will nothing will happen from it Talking to uh, Michael Lyons, military analyst, a retired major from the in, in the army, and a guy who's got his finger on a lot of stuff when it comes to uh, the military. And Mike, uh, how big was it this weekend or this past week? Lloyd Austin uh, going over to the Philippines, us trying to expand maybe our look and might in there. You've got Japan spending the third most on military right now globally, and you've got our four-star general saying he expects by 2025 we're going to be battling China. It just seems like a lot happened this weekend that uh, has kind of just gone under the, the 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 wayside of all the stuff that's going on with Tyree Nichols, which is understandable, but right. this is global. Yeah, Chad, the point about the four-star talking about war with China in a couple of years, you know, that's reserved for, you know, two guys drinking at a bar uh, after work. Um, you know, when a four-star says that, it, it, it uh, resonates not only internal to our military, but external to our enemies. Um, you know, the United States military has got to be prepared to do anything at any time. They've got to prepare for war. But you think of that, you know, Reagan motto, in order to have peace, you have to have a, you know, a sound military. And I think that's that's what the focus should be. But to say something like that, to say that we're going to be at war in two years, I think is a little bit more, more over the line. And, and there's no question that those um, Pacific countries um, are going to we're not going to be well allied when the time comes. Should should the Chinese decide that they're going to move on Taiwan and, and what, what that looks like? Because it's not just going to be that one battle. You know, I've talked about the potential of them sinking a U.S. aircraft carrier or, or them going after the, the South Korean Navy or them uh, aligning with other. They're, they're going to bring to the battlefield more than just uh, just Chinese equipment. So I, I think that, um, you know, it's probably good that we're starting to create these alliances that are going to take it in the short term there, at least in the Pacific. Uh, and potentially, you know, Europe and our other NATO alliances are going to have to get involved, too. I was 
talking uh, to to a, a former defense secretary yesterday, of all things, and I, and I mentioned, I asked him about NATO. I said, "Where, you know, what's the future of NATO looks like?" And and he thinks that he thinks NATO could eventually will have to be involved with any kind of fight that we have with China. So the the world is going to continue to be a very dangerous place, I think, for the next five to seven years. Talking to my clients, military analysts, let's shift over to Europe right now. Uh, Russia is doing what Russia's doing. Uh, and we uh, decided, okay, fine, you know, we're going to call everybody on the carpet, I guess, and we're going to give these Abrahams tanks, which are not going to be there tomorrow, uh, right. just to say put up or shut up. Is that kind of what we did with this? Right. I think uh, we got the, the wheels moving to this, and, and we were just trying to really call out the Germans on it, but uh, it's going to be a while in order for the a- Abrams tanks to get there and make a difference. Uh, Ukraine is, go- uh, the, the Poles are going to move what they can from the Leopard, the Leopard 2s, but um, it's not going to be enough to still go on the offensive. And, um, you know, looking at the, uh, the the economic analysis of this, you know, there's been really no impact of any kind of economic statecraft. Any of those sanctions have not changed at all. The ruble uh, is still the same. You, you saw that um, the Poles, for example, have outlawed Russians coming into Poland and that's because the ruble is still very strong against the Polish currency, and that's what they were doing. They were going into Poland and buying up luxury items and bringing them back to Russia. So, so they're, they're, you know, Russia is going to just continue to go down this path to try to keep their powder somewhat dry. They're they're using small these mercenary forces like the Wagner Group to take uh, to to claim victories in towns that don't really matter. Um, but I think you're going to see a real escalation of fighting in the next 90 days, and the question is whether or not the, the equipment that's going to be provided is going to get there on time. Time's not on the side of Ukraine right now, and the, and uh, there's not, not not much they could really do. They don't have the people. They don't have the people to fill a division, an armor division's worth of equipment that's going to be on the way. What does the – so you say it's going to escalate the next 90 days as it starts. I mean, they didn't have a horrific wind, winter. We're already into February. Once you get past mm-hmm. this, the, the weather's going to be pretty nice, you know, March, April. What does it look like in the next 90 days? What can the Ukrainians expect to to be unleashed on them? Well, if I were advising them, I would be shoring up that border between the Dnepro River and what Russia currently occupies right now and try to prevent the Russians from going on the offensive. I think that's first and foremost that they have got to do. They've got to stay on the defensive and, and do that. And, that, and the, the reason is that the tanks and a lot of things that are coming from the West um, are too heavy and they're going to be restricted by bridges and roads and they'll sink and they'll, you know, they'll become pillboxes. They'll allow you to survive in them, but they're not going to necessarily be effective right away even when they first get there it's going to take late into the fall until that ground firms up until they can also figure out how to get bridging material and other things to to do that so if i'm ukraine i'm still trying to stay on the defensive and make make it more difficult for russia to go on the offense um and then again as we've talked about to figure out a way to threaten crimea that's the only way russia will stop if they can get uh, soldiers to surrender russians to surrender and they could kind of pick off units in the south uh, they possibly could do that but um but at their point i would still recommend them to stay on the defense their their president's talking about going on the offense i think that's great and bold talk it's you know terrific if you're george Patton and the third army trying to work your way across europe but the reality is they got to stay on the defense and make sure that 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 border between them and the Dnepro river is, is shored up Talking to military analyst Mike Lyons, you know, you talk about going on the offense. We said we weren't going to give them tanks. We are. We say we're not going to give them any, you know, uh, fighter jets. But at this point in time, I don't know what we're doing uh, because every time we say one thing, it becomes uh, another. Uh, but at least at this point, we're not going to give them uh, what they want, the F-16s? 
Yeah, they're one of the F-16s, and in some ways, you really can't give them the tanks and not give them the F-16s because the, the tanks are only going to be effective in a combined arms fight. That means close air support. That means integrated air defense platforms. That means HIMARS and long-range artillery fires. That potentially means ATACMs. That means longer-range missile fires. That means Bradley fighting vehicles and Beaufort cannons, and, and all of those things fight in a combined arms way, and that's what makes that the M1 tank more effective. And if we don't, if we try to cut these things up and, and separate them into certain lanes, this is why Russia is losing. Russia's losing because they haven't fought in a combined arms manner. And and no, and so we're, if we're going to give you know this to Ukraine and the, these M1 tanks, we've got to follow it up with the close air support. We've got to follow it up with with more Patriot batteries. We have to allow an integrated combat arms response that will allow them to eventually win. What kind of uh, so uh, what kind of onslaught are they going to face here come spring? How how many more people are they going to bring in? And is this much of the same? Are they just bringing in a bunch of you know conscripts who really probably don't want to be there uh, because you know they threw that first couple hundred thousand at them, they threw in, you know yeah. some more. But what are they facing now? Because I've heard everything from five hundred thousand to a million. No, so they conscripted about three hundred thousand. I, I talked to some folks about how what they've been doing for the past six months, and they've been training them offline in places and then this time they're going to get smart and focus them in the south um i'm told anywhere from 120 to 150,000 troops they don't have the equipment to bring those kinds of numbers that you mentioned um but the uh, 120 to 150,000 troops in those areas there and they're going to likely attack along avenues where they know that um that ukraine is weak in likely go back into kharkiv and places potentially in the north and then look to do kind of encirclements and surround that that would be the nightmare scenario there, Ukraine has rivers that create natural boundaries between these these units, and if Russia can navigate across those rivers and create positions that don't allow the Ukraine to counterattack along those same avenues of approach, um, then they're in trouble. They just don't have the, the amount of people that's there. They're gonna, so they're going to outnumber them anywhere from four to one to five to one in the region, and um, you know conventional warfare says uh, that's going to be enough for them to overtake them. When does Ukraine, when do we look at Ukraine and say, okay, they're in a lot of trouble? At what point do we, you know, because every day they survive, it's a victory for them. But at some point, there may be a turning point where we go, uh-oh, they're in serious trouble. I think um, when they finally have Odessa, if they lose Odessa, if that gets threatened, if Russia decides to um, move troops from Belarus again and force Ukraine to redefend Kiev. Um, th there's there's so many different things that, that could happen if, if, if it they create another optional or they or an actual avenue of approach that forces Ukraine to defend from there, there's just no, nothing that can stop that just based on the, the limited amount of resources they have. Um, but but again, but in this case, still both sides strategy is not aligned with ways and means. And it's probably worse on the side of Ukraine because if, if they were somewhat, if they want to survive at this point, frankly, they would say, okay, we'll negotiate right now. They lose 20% of their land mass. They lose about 75% of ge revenue generating for their country, which is a huge loss. And um, they likely still lose Crimea. I see this, this this thing going on with Ukraine about how they think they could take Crimea back. I just don't see it. My clients, always on top of it. Love having you on. Military analyst, uh, retired major in the Army. Appreciate it, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chad. Talk soon. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. 
You heard it there. Uh, the spy balloon, you know, interesting take on that. Uh, you know, and is it is it higher? Is it out of, of uh, in such a way that it's above certain stuff? As he pointed out, you know, lawyers are running around making some decisions potentially in the Pentagon, and and then the other side of things, you know, the 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 thing with Ukraine. Like, why are we not giving them planes if we're giving them this when they need it? It's just it's fascinating. It is, and it's scary too, based on the fact that the countries we're talking about also are nuclear powers and diametrically opposed to so much of what we believe. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Metzen Show. Twitter, Swiss America right now. Go to SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. When you do, you'll have a chance to look around and check out all the amazing things. Things like what they have available for you, my listeners, for just $12.50, the Walking Liberty Half Dollar. It's an amazing low price. These were minted between 1916 and 1947, and they can be yours for $12.50. Why would you want the physical side of something? Because it's amazing. Having the physical is always something good to protect against inflation. It's always nice to have coins. I've got tons of coins. I've collected them for, my year, for years and years. You should do the same. Trust Swiss America. They're the leader in precious metals for well over 40 years. That's four decades. Right now, why don't you text them 800-289-2646 to get yourself some of these amazing walking liberty half dollars. That is text or call 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. It's the Chad Benson Show. No snowflake zone. Uninformed opinions are in danger of melting. The Chad Benson Show. Three very different movies opening wide at the box office this weekend. Knock at the Cabin comes from M. Night Shyamalan, a thriller about a family taken hostage and forced to make a terrible choice. If you fail to choose, the world will end. 80 for Brady stars Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Sally Field, and Lily Tomlin as a bunch of football-loving friends road-tripping to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is no place for four old women. And The Amazing Maurice is an animated cat tale featuring the voices of Amelia Clark, Hugh Laurie, and more. Knock at the Cabin is probably going to be number one. This probably the weekend that Avatar gets dethroned. Ooh, it looks great. If you don't know what it is, uh, it, it, two men uh, married, it looks like, uh, go to a weekend getaway at the cabin. They've got their, their daughter with them, a uh, little girl, and she meets in the woods Dave Batista. And she comes back and tells them, they think you're lying. Uh, there's nobody out there. They knock at the cabin and they're forced to choose. They've got to choose which one of them will die to save the world. And of course, it's two men instead of women. They're like, ah, no, 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 no. I'm not picking. You're not picking. We're, you know, kind of, Chad, that's not very nice. Because you know, if it was a man and a woman, the guy would go, all right, me, if you have to do this. Oh, Chad, you're just being sexist now. Settle down. Uh, somebody, that listens to the show went and saw it last night and said they read the book uh, and gave me a full, so much of a rundown of, of what this thing was about. Uh, said he saw it last night said for the, he said, I'll just start by saying for me the first time ever, I like the movie better than the book. I like the direction it took and how it ended. Uh, you know, so he won't spell out all the details, but says, uh, if you read the book, it's drastically more gruesome, but, uh, and you'll get a, a different ending, but this looks good. So this is what I think is going to win the weekend at the box office. Just throwing it out there. 80 for Brady might do well. 
but Avatar probably bops down for the first time in a long time. Made all that money. Can it get to the number one spot? This is what people are looking at now. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Very interesting with our military analyst, Mike Lyons said about what's going on, not only with the Chinese balloon, which they've come out and said, it's just a research balloon that has blown off course. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like, are we really buying that? No offense, China, but, you know, uh, don't know if we believe everything you say. I'm just saying that because we don't believe it is why I'm saying that. If you miss any of the show, grab the podcast. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson china we know you're listening and we know you're spying us because we see them alone played this yesterday and one of the people at work uh, for the local show uh, thought that was very racist and i'm like pick a side Pick a side. It's not very racist. It's very honest. China doesn't like us. They're spying on us. There's tension right now. We're expanding our presence in a place that they want us to leave because they see us as this evil. And uh, we're looking at them saying their sphere of influence, if you will, no pun intended, but the giant balloon is they're trying to expand their sphere of influence. Their goal is world dominance. Our goal is balance. We know there's going to be some bad. We'd like there to be more good. Okay with some friendly tension. Even some frenemies tension. But this is ugly. And it's ugly in a way that I feel sad. That we've got a balloon that is floating over here. Well, hold on. They said it was a research balloon that blew off course, and I believe them because I hate America. Wrong. It's not. You know that, and I know. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that is that was it that congressperson said a cat bit a bat and then somehow COVID spread? Do you really believe that? Are you that much of an idiot that you buy into that? My goodness me, come on now. Get your head out your butt. We got a balloon. People are pissed. People are angry. People are asking serious questions about it. First of all, why haven't we shot it out of the sky? The United States and China, very tense relations right now, especially in the South China Sea. And you can really see that the United States has really been focusing on China, how it's going to deter China. Are they thinking about moving into Taiwan? That's definitely a concern. Are they thinking about moving broader into other islands in the South China Sea? That's also a concern. Absolutely. Japan was once a feudal nation. Then they got too feudal, and we said, 
And then they said, well, we're just going to be all about peace, chilling, relaxing, right? Not doing anything. And then over the last several years, the continual giant Chinese reach that is going on and the fact that their buddy, their little pal, their little weird cousin slash brother is shooting missiles off and nobody slaps him down. And lo and behold, they said, guys, we better figure this out sooner rather than later. And they're spending money. China's goal is to do what China does, which is domination. They want to dominate in and everything around them. And we're worried about, well, we don't want to shoot it down because if we shoot it down, it's not going to look good. It's not going to look good if we shoot it down. They're going to be bad at us. We don't care at this point. The brazenness of having this thing floating above us. But it's just, it's just a, it's it's just a research balloon. That's all it is. Nothing else. It's just a research balloon. Nothing more. Do you buy that? Do you honestly buy that? I'm just curious. Because I don't buy it. No offense. No offense. I buy that. I buy that George Santos was a volleyball champion more than I buy that this is a research balloon. (laughs) Let's soak that one up. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. With all of this going on and our weakness of not shooting this damn thing down or capturing it, that's just the other thing. It's like, why haven't we captured it? Well, normally these things run their course and they'll float out somewhere and they'll go back to their handlers or whatever. Uh, Okay, so that being said, fine. Why don't we just try to capture it? Where's our, do we have a claw machine? One of those, and just move it? Send up another balloon? Kind of look at you. Hey, just nudge it. What's up? What's up? What's up? Maybe we just nudge it back towards us to the middle of the country and then try to capture it from there before it tries to skirt somewhere else. What happens if it floats over Canada? What's Canada going to do? A lot of questions. Why didn't we blast this thing when it crossed over into Alaska? How long has it really been here? All fair questions. I think a lot of people want to know. And I think a lot of people want to know, okay, the baloney about, well, we're not going to shoot it down because it could hurt people, uh, you know, on the ground. Are you really buying that? Probably not. First of all, it's over Montana. If you've never flown over the country, when you fly over the country, you realize nobody lives in the country. A vast majority of the country is empty. I think it's 80% or some ridiculous number like that is east of the Mississippi. And then you've got a a decent swath throughout the southwest all the way up to the northeast. But from, you know, the Idaho area inward all the way through till you get towards the the Mississippi-ish area, it's it's pretty empty. And up through Montana, Wyoming, Dakotas, parts of Idaho, uh, there ain't a lot up there, kids. So to say, well, we could fall in a house or something, okay, whatever. But what does this say if they're doing this right in front of us and kind of going, did they lose control of it? Mike Lyons, our military analyst, you missed any show, grab the podcast, uh, please do. He said, look, there's also, you know, there there comes this point where the lawyers are running around going, well, it's at a certain level in the atmosphere of 60,000 feet or something that 
they get some sort of cover because it's not it's more international than it is American airspace. But I, I think it's fair to say they're doing this right in front of us. And we feel like, well, we don't want to anger them. When did we become that group of people? Just asking. Good news, though, in America, if we want to uh, call it good news, good news for some. Odd news for others, frustrating news for maybe uh, credit card holders, loans, if you got those, because jobs were good. The jobs numbers were much higher than expected. U.S. employers added 517,000 jobs in January, almost three times higher than expected, and more than double the 223,000 jobs added in December. The unemployment rate, 3.4%. That's a 50-year low. Good for job seekers, bad for investors, or anyone who wants to borrow money. The Fed now almost certain to make more aggressive interest rate hikes to tame inflation. Yeah, which is going to be very interesting to see. You know, like I said, we've talked about the rolling uh, recession. It's the new thing they're talking about. It's new, which is uh, we'll have growth in a sector or two or three. But one sector, the tech sector, may see shrinkage, if you will, because overhired, uh, certain things like like you know we've seen where they were overvalued at certain places and they don't need it or they invested a ton of money in areas that they thought the country was going to with covid and them being home and so you're going to see several you know massive amounts of layoffs over a several week period as we're seeing now with some of these big the white collary kind of 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 workers that are being let go and managers and the other side of it is too how many managers I was talking the other day. Somebody's like, man, we got 15 managers for like 80 people. How many managers do we need? I don't. That's a, that's a great question. So those are the areas where you see it, where other areas in particular, you know, what were these jobs created? in? Which portions of the sectors were these jobs created? Those are questions that need to be asked. Are they jobs that are $60,000 a year jobs or do we create, you know, $400,000, $15 an hour jobs? Because that does make a difference, especially with inflation still where it is. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Oh, Valentine's Day, not too far away. Love at first bite from Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Use code Benson. You're going to save $30 on the way out. What do you get? What do you want? You want incredible fillets? Check. Do you want a, a myriad of, of, of incredible things? Things like bacon-wrapped. Pork chops? Oh, yes. Strips? Oh, New York strips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burgers? Franks? That's hot dogs. Comfort food? Desserts? They got it. Check, 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 check. Up to 50% off site-wide, plus $30 when you use code Benson on the way out. 100% guaranteed. Since 1970, nobody has filled your freezer and your belly like Omaha Steaks. And it is delicious. We are doing some... Some pork chops this weekend, which are my absolute favorite thing, which I love, love, love. We've done chicken the other night, which was incredible. We love to barbecue, love spending time together. We're making memories. We're filling our freezer. And just in time for the big game, an opportunity to get some yummy, delicious food and surprise everybody. Go to OmahaSteak.com. Take advantage of Love at First Bite right now. You're going to save huge up to 50% off site-wide and then use code Benson to get an extra thirty dollars for 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 under like one hundred and fifty bucks. You know, one hundred you're going to fill up your freezer for God's sakes. It's incredible. Try to buy this at a supermarket, not going to happen. OmahaSteaks.com. Use code Benson on the way out. OmahaSteaks.com. Code Benson saves you an extra thirty bucks. OmahaSteaks.com. Code Benson. OmahaSteaks.com. Go there now. Use code Benson. Minimum order may be required. What's trending? Straight ahead. Chad Benson show. 
Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davey Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Katie Grace, Trouble in the Suez. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. Liam Nash, Brass, Nap, Lenny Bush, and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending. Yeah, baby. Let's do it to it. By the way, a Blinken who was supposed to meet with China next week. Uh, it's postponed said trip. With all that's going on. Number one search thing yesterday. Chinese spy balloon. Now it's not a spy balloon, Chad. Okay. It's not. It is a research that is blown off course. What are you researching? All of your stuff? <laughs> okay. So that's what we're going to call it now? That's the way it works? Is We're just going to change the name. It's not spying. It's researching. I'm researching all of your hiding places for all of your military stuff in this area, especially throughout the Dakotas. That's all it is. It's research. I thought that was spying. It's research. Okay. Joe Mixon in trouble. Apparently pointed a gun at a woman. Uh-oh. Oh, that's not good. Mason Greenwood, we talked a bit about him, soccer player, yesterday. Uh, they dropped all charges on him. He has been out of the Manchester United team for quite a while. And uh, now the question is, what exactly uh, do you do with a guy who is accused of like kidnapping, aggravated assault, rape, and everything's been dropped? He's not guilty, but in a time when people don't care about guilt, they care more about the story, do you get rid of him? It was a big question. We've touched on that. Head on over to Twitter. Obviously, what's taking place in the world above? The spying balloon is the number one trending thing. Uh, Knock at the cabin door is also trending big time. That is a new movie from M. Night Shyamalan that comes off today. So that is very interesting to see how this will do against. Is this the week that Avatar gets, well, gets pushed off the pedestal of the number one movie. 517,000 is the number of jobs that were created. And that's a big number that is, what, two times what they thought was going to be created almost? Huge, great numbers in some ways, worrisome in other ways. Because when you have something like this where jobs are created at such a level, what ends up happening? Well, uh, the worry of inflation continuing to stay hot is real. And when that happens, uh-oh, they decide, okay, well, we need to raise rates. They just rated a quarter of a point the other day. And, you know, so it's it's where are we? People, here's what the the marketplace itself likes. People like stability. Stock market likes stability. Why does the stock market matter? It shouldn't matter, Chad. That's for rich people. You have a 401k? Yeah, you're in the stock market. But it also is where investments go. That means expansion of certain things. And it's also where rates go up. Guess what happens? Your business can't expand because it's more expensive to buy stuff. Because your credit line now, you, you, you're getting less. You have access to less. Tough to expand. And the other thing trending today, Buddy Holly. Big Bopper, Rich Valens, day the, mu- uh, the music died. 
February 3rd, 1959, Clear Lake, Iowa. The crash happens. Oh, some of the things trending. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Again, very interesting. Real strength in the jobs. Uh, wages are going up. Uh, but, you know, the question is, where exactly is 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 this going? That's the big thing. Where exactly is this going? Are we going to see $15 an hour jobs expand? Are we going to see $60,000 an hour, uh, you know, expand? Leisure and hospitality. There are some government jobs. There's retail jobs. There's really very widespread strength. Some of the areas, like some of the, the very specific tech areas, you have seen some moderate weakness there. But overall, it's strength. And it's stronger when you look back at November and December. Those months were also upgraded more jobs than were anticipated. So, and this is where... People worry about the inflation side of it because that means people aren't worried about losing their jobs. And even if they do lose their jobs, they're like, I got another job that I can replace it with. So it's not a big deal. May even be better. LinkedIn is the new tender. I've been saying that for a while. Go to LinkedIn and you're like, you may have a job, but you know what? Job right around the corner. Willing to meet. You don't have to make a commitment. Better benefits. Get to work at home a little bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you worry about rates, interest rates, because like I said, when they go up, everybody feels the pinch. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates a quarter of a point this week, and it'll probably raise interest rates at least another quarter of a point, if not a half a percent, when it meets again in March, because it's got to cool this wage growth that's happening in the labor market right now. Because the more money people have, the more they spend. The more they spend, the hotter inflation gets. When that continues to rise, people get frustrated. Then you're starting to see this two-tiered, three-tiered kind of economy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Yesterday, they voted on socialism. We'll talk a bit about that straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. We're still keeping track of the Chinese spy balloon over America. Oh, Chad. It's very soft and soothing, isn't it? That's what they want you to think before they turn up the heat. And then the next thing you know, they're spying us even more. And we're dancing and tapping our feet to the beat of our new masters. Uh, we've been playing that song throughout the whole day. Stop it, you're tapping your feet. That is a uh, uh, it's a song about Chairman Mao. The video is creepy because it has, you know, it's all it's got the Chairman, you know, Chairman Mao and all of his uh, 
all of his devout followers of the youth who are holding their little red books and reading it. If you don't know anything about the little red book and and what Mao did, it is terrifying. Uh, but they have that giant spy balloon uh, over us. And again, we need to figure out exactly what the hell are we going to do with this damn spy balloon, even when it decides to float away. National security officials continue to monitor this Chinese surveillance balloon. They say traveled from Alaska here to Montana and is still on the move this morning. Pentagon officials telling ABC News they've decided not to force the aircraft down, but adding all options remain on the table. What do you mean not force it down? How do we even know it's China? Sources describe it as an aircraft designed to travel in a purposeful path, one that includes a number of sensitive U.S. sites. A senior defense official saying they are confident the balloon was sent by the Chinese government. We know who you are, you and your socialism slash communism ways. Speaking of that, yesterday, they decided, hey, socialism's bad. Let's vote on it. Who wants to vote on socialism? That we denounce socialism. A couple of interesting things happened on the floor right now. You had almost, if you combine the number of Democrats who voted no and voted present, there's 100 Democrats that won't stand up against socialism. That's a real concern to me in America today. It's not just... That wasn't a college vote on a college campus. That was a vote in the U.S. Congress that 100 Democrats couldn't say socialism was wrong. That's a scary point of view, but you also understand why we're in a spending problem that they are when they were in the majority. That's why you understand the challenges that we have here. Well, I will say this, Kevin McCarthy. I agree with you on all of that, but you guys like to spend too, so let's not pretend that that doesn't happen. But that is pretty scary to think that you had 100 people that will not say, nah, so, you know, denounce it. I mean, is it a show? vote yes that being said you not denouncing it you not saying this is this is this you know socialism is 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 evil and i know what people say but chad the kind of socialism they like it's like what they've got in in sweden and and you know norway and denmark and it's it's no it's not let's stop with the baloney by the way you ask all of those people in sweden and denmark and norway if you guys are socialists they'll say no we're capitalist it's what we are we tried socialism, failed miserably here. Speaking of socialism, Rep. Maria Elvira Salazar. She's Cuban. She wants to remind everybody about socialism and the issues that are going on in the Democratic Party for all the problems and the division in the Republican Party. And there is that. Let's not pretend there isn't. The Dems have their issues as well. The daughter of Cuban refugees says her party has made recent gains with Latino voters because the GOP is defending them from what they call radical policies put forward by Democrats. Unfortunately, the Democratic Party leadership has been infiltrated and it's been hijacked by radical forces that are neo-Marxists. And, you know, socialism is a really bad, dirty word for people that speak and sound like me. Why? It's beautiful in theory. It's miserable in practice. Truth right there. 100%. I saw Sean Penn. He's on, uh, was it uh, Clubhouse, whatever that uh, that Bill Maher has his podcast, which is actually very entertaining. He was on there and he was talking about socialism, what a giant failure it is and how it's just miserable and kids should learn how just horrible it is. Because it is the fact that our politicians refuse to say socialism is bad is a worrying sign. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I rise in support of the rule to bring up to the House concurrent resolution number nine, denouncing the horrors of socialism. And why am I bringing this resolution to the floor of the United States House of Representatives? Because 
Young people in America are being brainwashed by the news media and academia into believing that socialism is an economic model for the greater good of all Americans. And the problem is that they are falling for it. They are believing it. Yeah, that's a huge problem. That's a scary problem. And when you've got 100 plus who vote president and or they ref- they vote no in condemning socialism, the horrors and the ills, we joke about China. Go look at what con- for all the Nazis and they're evil. Nobody div- nobody nobody doubts that. Go look at who killed more. Go look at in 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 the last century which regime and political belief killed more. Capitalism is bringing more people out of poverty and putting them in positions of power and opportunity. Socialism did the exact opposite. It killed. And when you have to kill to control, to send a message, that is not something that is good. If you have to terrify people into doing things, if, if this was a relationship, you would be like, that person's in a toxic, horrible relationship. But kids are being brainwashed because, as as uh, our, our good friend there, Rep Salazar, says, in theory, it seems great, right? It's all, you know, it's all love and hunky-dory and we're all just equal and everything's butterflies and unicorns and rainbow kisses. In reality, it is evil. Almost 40% of Gen Z and millennials think the Communist Manifesto, written by Karl Marx, the father of Marxism, is a better defense of freedom and equality than the Declaration of Independence, written by Thomas Jefferson one of the creators of the American experiment, the American exceptionality, and the document which gave birth to the most prosperous and resilient democracy in the history of the world, ours, the United States of America. That's scary. That is absolutely scary. And because, like everything else, we have changed the wording. We've allowed the word police to come in and change the wording and redefine what they think socialism is. They get this mindset that socialism is is what we said earlier, right? The 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 European model, the Scandinavian model. It's a Scandinavian model, Chad. You just gotta understand something. Right. It's 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 everybody gets free health care and it's, it's cradle to the grave. Uh, amazing. And, and it's all of this amazing stuff. Not understanding that capitalism is what pays for all of that stuff, not socialism. Capitalism does, because people who designed socialism, people who want to run socialist regimes, never want to live in it. They want to live above it. And that is the reality Of what socialism is. If you're not willing to live in it. Then why should anybody else? Worse yet. In a recent poll. That shows that 40% of Americans. Of all ages. Not only the youth. 40% believe that socialism is good. While 33% of them. Say that they are likely to support. A member of the Democratic Socialist of America. The organization that has shaped the ideology of many of our colleagues with the poison of neo-Marxism. Yeah. Because it starts out as, quote unquote, socialism, but it ends in what? Venezuelaism, communism. That's what it ends in. And you need to understand that. And usually by the time you realize it's gone south, it's too late. 
so you nip it in the bud before it ever gets there. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Did you see the oldest dog in the world has been found? Now, the other day, Spike was named the oldest dog in the world. But hold on a second, Spike. You're going to have to give that record back. Because, so January 20th, Spike, 23, earned Guinness World Record oldest dog on the planet. Oldest dog now, though, is not Spike. It's Bobby, a 30-year-old canine. That is in Portugal. That's right. Bobby is 30 years, 267 days, as of February 20th. He is a purebred Raffiero do uh, Alentejo, a breed with a life expectancy of 12 to 14 years. In 2008, Bobby suffered a scare, but uh, he is still alive and kicking. Bobby's owner, uh, Lionel Costa, is 38, got him when he was eight years old, when he was just born, and they said he's one of a kind. On top of that, though, Bobby's family has some uh, longevity as well. His mother lived to be, I think, 18. That's insane, right? And another one of his dogs, uh, Chicote, lived to be 22. Crazy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Speaking of that, Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens.com slash Chad. Maybe they're giving them Rough Greens. How would you like your dog to live longer and healthier? Rough Greens is going to help. K9 Vitasmart has everything you need inside of it from vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. All you have to do is sprinkle it on top of your dog's food, and voila, your dog is on its way. Doodle is about 15 or 16, don't know, but in my world... That's a damn long time for a dog that I didn't think was going to make it that long. He is living his best life thanks to Rough Green. Now is your chance to get a free bag of Rough Green. They're going to send it out to you. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. It is that simple. Get a free bag of Rough Greens now by going to roughgreens.com slash chad. Roughgreens.com slash chad. R-U-F-F greens.com slash chad. It's the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Keith Stonehouse of Michigan says he's left with a $1,000 bill after his six-year-old son ordered a virtual smorgasbord of food from several restaurants last weekend, leading to a string of deliveries and a piling up of food at his Detroit-area home on Saturday. Stonehouse says he let his son Mason play a game on his phone, but the boy ended up ordering food from a number of restaurants on Grubhub. It's not all bad news, however, as Grubhub has reached out to the family and offered them a $1,000 gift card and is considering using them in an online ad campaign. Yeah, which is good. So it's a win-win, right? Like, that's a good deal, right? You get a $1,000 Grubhub gift card, and on uh, top of that, you get yourself. You got a lot of food. And then on top of all of that, you may be in a campaign where you make some more money. So thank you, six-year-old, for being responsible. I don't think that's true, Chad. My... Uh, my little brother, uh, Dakota, when he was much younger, and I say little brother, people are like, Whoa, what are you? they're my nieces and nephews. My mother's adopted them. So they're my, they're my nep bros and nisters, I call them. My nieces uh, that, are, uh, that are my sisters and my brothers who are my nephews. It's an odd, bizarre situation, but my sister had a lot of issues. So uh, Dakota is almost 18, but when he was younger, that six, seven, eight-year-old range, 
Dakota has some some issues, challenges wise, uh, and he's overcome a vast majority of them. But when he was younger, he had zero patience. So my aunt would let him play with the phone at times and he would download like a video game. And she'd say, oh, you can download Spider-Man. And he would be frustrated by the time it was taken. So he downloaded over and over again. And there was a couple times where he downloaded like six, seven dollars worth of stuff because he kept downloading it over and over because it just wasn't coming fast enough. And my aunt would get the phone. Bill. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, kids, kids, kids. You guys are funny. Remember those people you see on the beach and they're like, what is that nerd doing? They got the metal detector. They got the funny floppy hat. Maybe they're wearing sandals with socks. They got the giant, huge... Uh, shorts, those cargo shorts with 700 pockets, right? It's a sunny, beautiful day, and you're sunning out there tanning, and they've got the, that that hat that has the flaps on the back so their neck doesn't get burned, and then they've got the uh, long sleeves on, and they're, they're metal, and you're just like, what a dork. What a, well, hold on a second. Charlie Clark says he screamed like a schoolgirl when he found the necklace. It all happened very quickly, about 20 minutes. And um, got a signal. Charlie digging about a foot into the dirt to unearth the heart-shaped pendant. The gold work even then stood out. According to the British Museum, nothing of this size nor importance from the Renaissance period has been found in the UK for more than a quarter of a century. The cup from the 8th century worth upwards of $7 million. Yes, Charlie. Very, very happy, Charlie. Very, very happy. Oh, Charlie, seven million. So maybe, just maybe, the nerd wasn't as nerdy as we thought. Still nerdy, but seven million dollars more in his pocket for being nerdy. Oh, I have. You know, that's one thing I've never, because you know, growing up in Southern California, going to the beach and seeing people out there with a the little, you know, I've never thought. Oh, I wonder if they ever find anything. Well, they must, right? Somebody must find something. I'm just saying it's got to happen, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't sell those things. I wonder what a good one of those metal detector goes for. Like the good ones. Maybe if you double it up, you get a metal detector and a drone. Ooh, you double that up. Ooh, yeah. I know they've got new ones now, too, where I think they've got the little cameras on them. As far not the cameras, but like a sonic thing that goes underneath. And so when you're you're doing that, it'll kind of just like, a, like one of the fish fighters. It'll see if it's something real or... Oh, that's a, hey, it's, it's it's all happening now, kids. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Shows, your Twitter, your Instagram. This weekend, uh, man, over the next couple weeks. So this weekend, we got a, a musical thing going on. Adele. In 2017, Adele beat Beyonce for Album of the Year at the Grammys, though Adele felt Beyonce deserved the win. The Lemonade album was so monumental. This year, they're up against each other again. Adele with 30, Beyonce with Renaissance. Most experts say it's a close race between the two of them for Album of the Year, with the edge going to Beyonce. Who goes into the night with the most nominations, nine. If she wins four, she'll have the most Grammys of anyone in history. She's currently the most awarded woman ever. Adele, by the way, hasn't lost a Grammy nomination since 2010. She has seven nods this year. Yeah, uh, I think Beyonce wins it. But yeah, think about all the craziness and chaos going on here in the next couple of weeks. And here in Phoenix, we are the epicenter of sports starting next week. So we start on with Super Bowl, obviously which will be here next Sunday. And, and you got the Chiefs and the Phillies, uh, Phillies, the, the Philadelphia Eagles coming in. And so that's going to be chaos. On top of that, the world's biggest golf tournament attendance-wise 
the People's Open, which is the WM or Waste Management Open, and that'll actually see over a four-day period when the tournament actually starts a week from uh, yesterday, more people through it than the Super Bowl times three as far as how many people, because it's in chaos. I actually go next Sunday, and people think that's weird. Why do you go on a Sunday? Well, Thursday's a big day. Like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the Pro-Am, all that stuff, it's all big. But Thursday's a big day. Friday, Saturday are chaos. You'll get 200,000 people out there. Sunday, it's just kind of hardcore golf. A lot of people out there. But because the Super Bowl is in the afternoon, if you go early in the morning, you can see a lot of good golf. And then we zoom home and watch the Super Bowl. So I'm pumped. So we, we're we going to be the epicenter starting next week. And I'm excited about be in the epicenter but so much stuff is that we got the grammys we got all this stuff going on and the grammys are fun because sometimes it, the beauty of the grammys is unlike the oscars right is they perform like the oscars you don't perform you look at what somebody's done and that's why the grammys are interesting i don't care about any of their speeches it's just neat because usually you got a band that's coming out that's this maybe you know not past their prime or maybe they are past their prime but they're celebrating i think that's kind of fun to see so uh, that's what's happening here uh you know so get ready for the party to begin and go non-stop uh for oh god knows forever baby because we're america no matter what the chinese balloon says above us 323-538-2423 at chad benson show is your twitter if you miss any show grab the podcast uh we'd love it when you do that so please uh, feel free to grab the podcast for you if you miss any show it is the chad benson show this is the chad benson show Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Oh, yeah. Listen to them sing about the old mouster. Chad, why are you playing this? This, by the way, is uh, the sun in the red sky or something. I don't know. It's a disco-y song that uh, uh, has been... I guess it's a big meme thing over in China, and we're talking about China because of the balloon! It's a giant freaking balloon spying on us, and uh, there it is. There it is. But it is hilarious because of the way that everybody's reacting over this. Some people are pissed and angry. Some people think it's no big deal. Some people are worried about diplomacy. We have a giant balloon spying on us. We know exactly what it's doing, and we're doing what? I'm just curious at this point, what are we doing? Well, we're worried. We're worried. All this comes just days before Secretary of State Antony Blinken is scheduled to travel to Beijing, the first visit by a U.S. Secretary of State in more than four years, amid rising tensions in the region. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin visiting the Philippines this week, where Manila agreed to give the U.S. access to additional military bases. Yeah. Do you think there's tension? I think there's a lot of damn tension. We have a spy balloon over us right now. A spy balloon. 
are we not getting the fact that we have a giant ass three buses long spy balloon just floating around? I have no idea what it is. It's been there stationary for about the last 35 minutes. Yeah, just chilling, just hanging out, just there, just there it is. What are we going to do? We're just going to let it do its thing, right? By the way, Biden, for all of the Bidenists, apparently wanted to pop the balloon. Spy balloons apparently cross the United States every now and then, and in this case, from China. And in this case, NORAD essentially sent up F-22s to figure out what's going on. And that's the reason why President Biden conferred with his national security team and asked for military options. They determined that it was not appropriate to shoot down this balloon because of the risk it posed to civilians on the ground. And that's why President Biden followed that advice. Blow it up. But we can't. There's civilians. First of all, it's over Montana. For those of you who don't know, there's only a million people in Montana. And I think the Montana folk would be fine. Blow it up. <laughs> if, you, if you destroy enough of it, all that's going to come down is little pieces. That's not right, Chad. Oh, my God. What are the Chinese saying? The Chinese side is gathering and verifying the facts. We hope that both sides will handle this matter in a cool-headed manner. Yeah, they're gathering all the facts. That's exactly why we need to shoot it down. They're gathering all the facts. <laughs> Good God. It's You know, this came down yesterday, uh, later in the day. And, you know, you're just like, this guy's out there. What the hell's that thing? <laughs> Look in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a giant-ass spy balloon that is just sitting there looking at us going what are you guys gonna do so what exactly could it be looking at or for so one of the big things that uh, china could be doing with this is they could be uh, scooping up signals intelligence in other words they're looking at our cell phone traffic looking at our radio traffic they're looking at uh, the government's command and control networks and uh, we have a ballistic missile base a series of ballistic missile silos in montana and in north dakota and wyoming uh, so these are the kinds of things that they could be looking at also uh, they're probably looking at the strategic bomber bases that we have in the dakota oh yeah those those but listen to this part here of why we don't shoot it down i want you guys to listen to this part this is extremely important one of the things that you have to look at when it comes to this is what kind of a diplomatic fiasco it would be if they did shoot it down. You know, there's a potential that it could raise tensions even more. Uh, there's a potential, of course, that if you did shoot it down, uh, there would be a, the possibility of the loss of life on the ground. Uh, they usually opt to let things like this fly over and uh, and let them pass on to uh, you know to their to their handlers. We're worried about how it'll look to them. They're spying on us, and you're worried about the look? Well, this could be tense if we decide to not let them do the things that they want to do. Are you blanking kidding me? Are you blanking kidding me? But we're worried. We're worried about what it might look like. Diplomacy. Look, diplomacy's out the window. You're spying on us. We spy on you. We get all of that. It's part of the game. The blatant spying, the way that you're doing, is that part of the game? Is that where we are now? Are you looking at us and saying, what do you think of that? Do something there. Hmm? They won't shoot it down. They don't have the balls. How about this? Get some of those big SeaWorld balloons that look like... Uh, giant 
orcas. We sent them up there. And then we just bat them between the two. Right? Right? Maybe get the surround it with a Goodyear blimp on all three sides. Right? Just kind of look at you. You want some of this? You want some of this? Look at our balloons. Our balloons are monsters. We're worried about what it'll look like. You're spying on us. What the hell are you talking about? Yes, we've got issues. I think right now the fact that we had a four-star general came out last Friday, a week ago today, a memo was out. Hey, we're going to probably be at war with China in 2025. That's less than two years away. We got Lloyd Austin in the Philippines as we're expanding bases there. Japan is now the third largest military spending nation on the planet. Australia. We're all expanding throughout because we're expecting some sort of conflict. And while you want to ease the tension, they're spying on us. And you're worried about, well, if we shoot it down, they may be mad at us. Wait, they're doing something to us blatantly, throwing in our faces. And if we shoot it down, we're going to look like the bad guys. Are you blanking kidding me? United States and China, very tense relations right now, especially in the South China Sea. And you can really see that the United States has really been focusing on China, how it's going to deter China. Are they thinking about moving into Taiwan? That's definitely a concern. Are they thinking about moving broader into other islands in the South China Sea? That's also a concern. Yeah, that's that's where we are, where we wouldn't want to offend them. So keep doing what you're doing, because, you know, why not? Good God. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Yesterday on the floor, it was speaking of tense. And at the same time, hilarious. Can we all just agree that most people in politics, Congress especially, Congress. So this is the way I always look at uh, uh, the 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 way I, I look now at politics. Uh, Congress is junior high, (laughs) elementary school and junior high. When you get to the Senate side of things, that's more high school and college-y, okay? There's a a little bit of higher education-ish, still dramatic, right? Because you you ever met a 22-year-old? Life's still dramatic to them. But when you look at Congress, it is so... Did you hear what somebody said about you in class today? No, I didn't. And you have this conversation between going from second period to third period. That's what I believe a vast majority of Congress has become. Hence the reason they're celebrities and they're more interested in about, you know, what happens on the gram and Twitter than they are on, you know, I don't know, a day-to-day basis in our lives. She said the American military was equal to Hamas and the Taliban from a member of the foreign affairs. She said Americans only like Israel because it's all about the Benjamins. She said on 9-11, as a member of Congress, as an individual who's sitting on foreign affairs, something happened that day. What does that say to other people around the world? What does that say to somebody else who wants to create another 9-11 America? I'm sorry, it's not right. We were right in our action, and she can serve on other committees. But it puts America in jeopardy, and I'm not going to do that under my watch. And it's fair in the process, unlike them. 
Kevin McCarthy right there. So he's going between second and third period talking about Ilhan Omar. So second and third period, that's what happened, and away they go. There is this idea that you are a suspect if you are an immigrant or if you are from certain parts of the world or a certain skin tone or a Muslim. Is anyone surprised that I am being targeted? Well, you did say some stuff. And in fairness, so has the Republicans at times. So can we just all agree right here, right now? Everybody raise your hand. They're all awful. So that was her upset going from uh, second period to third period. Uh, then it stews. We get into lunch and we're getting ready to go back to lunch. And then it, it really starts to build. Madam Speaker, this is a revenge resolution, a revenge resolution that seeks to remove Representative Ilhan Omar's strong and necessary voice from the Foreign Affairs Committee. It is an attempt to silence her simply because you do not agree with her views and you cannot begin to understand her lived experience. You don't have any solution, so you're trying to distract with these inane, gentlewoman's time has expired. Absurd, absolutely absurd resolutions all right that right there was uh pramila jayapal who's getting involved now because she wants to be involved because between third and fourth period she heard something was going on and she needed to be there for her friends so she's getting involved again this is all hilarity because ilhan omar was removed from one of the committees right or wrong welcome to the world of way politics works nowadays uh it, it is insane the way that we see this, it's a political stunt, uh, much like House Republicans' unjust removal of other leading Democrats from key committees uh, in recent weeks, and it is a disservice to the American people. And uh, that's one of the moms, KJP. She's getting involved. She's going to the principal and saying, I think the way that this is going yeah, is just wrong, because that's the way it is. And we're going to have the best in a minute. Because the best has yet to come. And uh, it is uh, it is all that is celebrity, And maybe the most celebrity of the celebrities when it comes to politicians. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Raycon. Best earbuds around. Love my Raycons. Wear them every single day. When I'm doing editing, when I'm listening to my podcast, uh, not my podcast because that's weird, but when I'm listening, because I do listen to a ton of stuff, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. When I'm playing pickleball, when I'm playing a little bit of soccer, when I'm playing a lot of golf, it is my go-to thing. And I love, love, love my earbuds from Raycon. They're the everyday earbuds. But on top of that, they've got the best sound when it comes to everything from speakers my wife got a speaker for us uh uh she's like it's a christmas present for us and i'm like it's really for you because but it is incredible but i take it sometimes when i'm going out with my friends to golf and it is incredible absolutely amazing my daughter she has the amazing incredible and i absolutely love these things gaming headphones we got jack some as well they, because kids, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, they like to beat stuff up. They're not always great at taking care of stuff. These things have lasted forever. And it is truly amazing. Sound quality second none. Best earbuds around. Best fit. 
always half the price of all the other premium brands. Get yourself Raycons now, no matter what you're looking for. They've got the sound quality to fit it. they got buy now, pay later, plus 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to buyraycon.com slash Chad to save big. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad saves you an extra 15%. Go there now. The best is yet to come in the high school fight between the Republicans and Democrats. Ilhan Omar getting asked to essentially nicely be removed from something and it's revenge it's evil it's bad it's high school junior high at its finest talk about it straight ahead chad benson show you're listening to the chad benson show one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks. When you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Ah, AOC. She wraps it up in the junior high and high school battle that has become Congress. Ilhan Omar being removed from one of the uh, uh, committees. And in doing so, uh, everybody came to her 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 aid and to protect her. It was mean girls versus mean boys. It was all of the things that is now become our politics. It's political celebrity. If you don't know what that is, that's a political celebrity. They're more interested in what back in the day, what they would call a Q score. What is my favorability? How do people view me? What do polls say about me? And this went back even to the days of actual celebrities where, hey, you're, 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 you're polling or you're, you're showing real well with, you know, men uh, 18 to 24 who like dogs. This is what celebrities have become. They're political celebrities. This is junior high, high school BS. We have a giant space balloon over us we got other things to focus on <laughs> that's all i'm saying my lord how did we get here what happened to us the beacon on the hill the shining light an example of freedom and all of the things that make it great to live in a society that it was open and it's been i'm telling you Abraham Lincoln and many of our founding fathers all pointed at the same thing. Our worst enemy will be us from within, quoting many of them and putting it together. And you know what? Hubris, pride, that is our big issue right now. Good God. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Coming up next, uh, he is retired major in the Army. He's our military analyst. He's been with us since the start of the Ukraine war. We're going to talk a bit about that. Last time we talked to him, it was going to be a no-go for Abrams. Now we're sending Abrams tanks. Uh, will they get jets? But then the most important thing, which is, what the hell is this balloon doing above us? What's going on with us in China? And is the tensions going to lead to what that general thinks will be war in 2025? 
That's not too far away. I know, right? Mike Lyons joins us straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The administration facing growing criticism. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy calling for a meeting of the so-called Gang of Eight, the top congressional leaders, saying China's brazen disregard for U.S. sovereignty is a destabilizing action that must be addressed. Absolutely. Look, for we all spy on each other. We know we spy on each other. Allies spy on each other. The reality is this is even so much about that. It is the brazenness, the looking us in the eyes and saying kind of scenario that I think is pissing a lot of people off. Joining us uh, now is uh, our military analyst has been with us since the start of the whole Ukraine thing uh, and a guy that has got his finger on all this stuff, retired Army Major uh, Mike Lyons. And Mike, the brazenness of this is what really i think is irking people uh more than anything else because they're just there's no like they're doing it right in our face and saying what are you going to do about it I, yeah I'm, I'm trying to get my head around this uh the chinese have more than enough capability to spy on our icbm fields um you know they have a space station they're trying to go to the moon they have spy satellites um and i just can't figure this out on any level it's like, it's like we've returned to the early part of the 20th century you know we're, we're, we're alarmed that it's a balloon flying over Montana. It's at 60,000 feet. I mean, it's, it's well above, you know, commercial airspace. Um, and I, I don't know what, what's actually on that uh, in, in terms of what it's actually looking at. It, you know, those things move slow and they are easily targeted. So I don't get it. I, you know, we've got World War One taking place in Ukraine and we've got World War One taking place with this amazement over a balloon flying over our land, I, I, you know, and the last thing I would say is I, I'll bet you there's some kind of lawyer running around the Pentagon saying, no, no, we can't shoot that thing out of the sky because it's at this level that, you know, tr- you know treaties of, the, of, of, you know, airspace over countries, it's probably above that. It probably is above that, which is probably why we're not going to shoot it out of the sky. Uh, Argued we should have shot it. If we were going to shoot it, we should have shot it over the sky the second it crossed over into Alaska. So I, I, um, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I don't, there's no military solution of it. I mean, it's pretty easy to pop a weather balloon if we had to. Yeah, and and again, it goes back. You know, some people are saying some of the low tech stuff has its advantages in some way. Well, maybe so, but this is just right in our face. I think, which is frustrating people. And then you have a lot of people going, "Well, we don't want to anger the Chinese." Well, yeah. Uh, really? So that's what we're, we're going to let them do what they want so we don't upset them. When did we start allowing bad countries and bad dictators to start dictating to us what they can and can't do, forgetting we have more and badder ass stuff than they do? Yeah, I mean, pretty much about two years ago, two years ago and two weeks ago, frankly. And, uh, you know, it started with trying to get out of Afghanistan. And, um, you know, I don't think this administration is going to do anything about it. They're obviously not going to shoot it out of the sky and, you know, claiming that the debris would fall and hurt people on the ground. Maybe it would wipe out a couple of cow pastures or so. Um, we're, we're, you know, the, the threat of continuity in this administration is just weakness from a foreign policy perspective. And this is just another example of it. I, there's, you know, the, the Chinese, this is great power um, competition that they're playing, you know, that whole analogy of, you know, they're playing three-dimensional chess and we're still trying to play checkers literally on the front porch of the old age home 
And so I, I think, um, you know, there's, we're going to continue to see things like this and, and measure, see what the measured response is by this administration. You got Blinken going to Beijing here in a, in a couple of weeks or so, or next week. And, uh, Maybe he can talk to them about it, but, but nothing, will, nothing will happen from it. Talking to uh, Michael Lyons, military analyst, a retired major from the, in, in the Army, and a guy who's got his finger on a lot of stuff when it comes to uh, the military and might. Uh, how big was it this weekend, or this past week, Lloyd Austin uh, going over to the Philippines, us trying to expand maybe our look and might in there? You've got Japan spending the third most on military right now globally, and you've got our four-star general saying he expects by 2025 we're going to be battling China. It just seems like a lot happened this week. And that uh, has kind of just gone under the 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 wayside of all the stuff that's going on with Tyree Nichols, which is understandable. But right. this is global. Yeah, Chad, the point about the four star talking about war with China in a couple of years, you know, that's reserved for you know two guys drinking at a bar uh, after work. Um, you know, when a four star says that, it it, it uh, resonates not only internal to our military but external to our enemies. Um, you know, the United States military has got to be prepared to do anything at any time. They've got to prepare for war. But you think of that, you know, Reagan motto, in order to have peace, you have to have a, you know, a sound military. And I think that's that's what the focus should be. But to say something like that, to say that we're going to be at war in two years, I think is a little bit more, more over the line. And, and there's no question that those um, Pacific countries um, are going to we're not going to be well allied when the time comes. Should should the Chinese decide that they're going to move on Taiwan and, and what, what that looks like? Because it's not just going to be that one battle. You know, I've talked about the potential of them sinking a U.S. aircraft carrier or, or them going after the, the South Korean Navy or them uh, aligning with other. They're, they're going to bring to the battlefield more than just uh, just Chinese equipment. So I, I think that, um, you know, it's probably good that we're starting to create these alliances that are going to take it in, in the short term there, at least in the Pacific. Uh, and potentially, you know, Europe and our other NATO alliances are going to have to get involved, too. I was talking uh, to, to uh, a former defense secretary yesterday, of all things, and I, and I mentioned I asked him about NATO. I said, where you know, what's the future of NATO looks like? And, and he thinks that. He thinks NATO could eventually will have to be involved with any kind of fight that we have with China. So the, the world is going to continue to be a very dangerous place, I think, for the next five to seven years. Talking about clients, military analysts, let's shift over to Europe right now. Uh, Russia is doing what Russia's doing. Uh, and we uh, decided, okay, fine. You know, we're going to call everybody on the carpet, I guess, and we're going to give these Abrahams tanks, which are not going to be there tomorrow, uh, right. just to say, put up or shut up. Is that kind of what we did with this? Right. I think uh, we got the, the wheels moving to this, and, and we were just trying to really call out the Germans on it, but uh, it's going to be a while in order for the a Abrams tanks to get there and make a difference. Uh, Ukraine is, go uh, the, the Poles are going to move what they can from the Leopard, the Leopard 2s, but um, it's not going to be enough to still go on the offensive. And, um, you know, looking at the, uh, the the economic analysis of this, you know, there's been really no impact of any kind of economic statecraft. Any of those sanctions have not changed at all. The ruble uh, is still the same. You, you saw that um, the Poles, for example, have outlawed Russians coming into Poland and that's because the ruble is still very strong against the Polish currency. And that's what they were doing. They were going into Poland and buying up luxury items and bringing them back to Russia. So, so they're, they're, you know, Russia is going to just continue to go down this path to try to keep their powder somewhat dry. They're, they're using small, 
these mercenary forces like the Wagner Group to take uh, to to claim victories in towns that don't really matter. Um, but I think you're going to see a real escalation of fighting in the next 90 days. And the question is whether or not the, the equipment that's going to be provided is going to get there on time. Time's not on the side of Ukraine right now, and uh, and uh, there's not, not not much they can really do. They don't have the people. They don't have the people to fill a division, an armored division's worth of equipment that's going to be on the way. What does the so you say it's going to escalate the next ninety days as it starts? I mean, they didn't have a horrific wind winter. We're already into February. Once you get past mm-hmm. this, the the weather is going to be pretty nice. You know, March, April. What does it look like in the next ninety days? What can the Ukrainians expect to to be unleashed on them? Well, if I were advising them, I would be shoring up that border between the Dnepro River and what Russia currently occupies right now, and try to prevent the Russians from going on the offensive. I think that's first and foremost that they have got to do. They've got to stay on the defensive and, and do that. And, that, and the, the reason is that the tanks and a lot of things that are coming from the West um, are too heavy and they're going to be restricted by bridges and roads and they'll sink and they'll, you know, they'll become pillboxes. They'll allow you to survive in them, but they're not going to necessarily be effective right away. Even when they first get there, it's going to take late into the fall until that ground firms up until they can also figure out how to get bridging material and other things to, to do that. So if I'm Ukraine, I'm still trying to stay on the defensive and make make it more difficult for Russia to go on the offense. Um, and then again, as we've talked about, to figure out a way to threaten Crimea. That's the only way Russia will stop if they can get uh, soldiers to surrender, Russians to surrender, and they could kind of pick off units in the south. Uh, they possibly could do that. But um, but at their point, I would still recommend them to stay on the defense. Their, their president's talking about going on the offense. I think that's great and bold talk. It's you know, terrific if you're George Patton and the Third Army trying to work your way across Europe. But the reality is they got to stay on the defense and make sure that that, that border between them and the Dnepro River is, is shored up. Talking to military analyst Mike Lyons, you know, you talk about going on the offense. We said we weren't going to give them tanks. We are. We say we're not going to give them any, you know, uh, fighter jets. But at this point in time, I don't know what we're doing. Uh, because every time we say one thing, it becomes uh, another. Uh, but at least at this point, we're not going to give them uh, what they want, the F-16s? Yeah, they want the F-16s. And in some ways, you really can't give them the tanks and not give them the F-16s because the, the tanks are only going to be effective in a combined arms fight. That means close air support. That means integrated air defense platforms. That means HIMARS and long-range artillery fires. That potentially means ATACMs. That means longer-range missile fires. That means... Bradley fighting vehicles and Beaufort cannons and, and all of those things fight in a combined arms way. And that's what makes that the M1 tank more effective. And if we don't, if we try to cut these things up and, and separate them into certain lanes, this is why Russia is losing. Russia's losing because they haven't fought in a combined arms manner. And and no, and so we're, if we're going to give, you know, this to Ukraine and the, these M1 tanks, we've got to follow it up with the close air support. We've got to follow it up with, with more Patriot batteries. We have to allow an integrated combat arms response that will allow them to eventually win what kind of uh so uh, what kind of onslaught are they going to face here come spring how how many more people are they going to bring in and is this much of the same are they just bringing in a bunch of you know conscripts who really probably don't want to be there uh because you know they threw that first couple hundred thousand at them they threw in you know yeah. some more but what are they facing now because i've heard everything from five hundred thousand to a million no, so they conscripted about 300,000. I, I talked to some folks about how, what they've been doing for the past six months. And they've been training them offline in places. And then this time they're going to get smart and focus them in the South. Um, I'm told anywhere from 120 to 150,000 troops. They don't have the equipment to bring those kinds of numbers that you mentioned. Um, but the 120 to 150,000 troops in those areas there 
and they're going to likely attack along avenues where they know that um, that Ukraine is weakened, likely go back into Kharkiv and places potentially in the north and then look to do kind of encirclements and surround that. That would be the nightmare scenario the, the Ukraine has rivers that create natural boundaries between these these units. And if Russia can navigate across those rivers and create positions that don't allow the Ukraine to counterattack along those same avenues of approach, um, then they're in trouble. They just don't have the, the amount of people that's there. They're gonna, so they're going to outnumber them anywhere from four to one to five to one in the region. And, um, you know, conventional warfare says uh, that's going to be enough for them to overtake them. When does Ukraine, when do we look at Ukraine and say, okay, they're in a lot of trouble? At what point do we, you know, because every day they survive, it's a victory for them. But at some point, there may be a turning point where we go, uh-oh, they're in serious trouble. I think um, when they finally have Odessa, if they lose Odessa, if that gets threatened, if Russia decides to um, move troops from Belarus again and force Ukraine to redefend Kiev, um, th- there's there's so many different things that, that could happen. If, if, if it, they create another optional or, they, or an actual avenue of approach that forces Ukraine to defend from, there, there's just no, nothing that can stop that. Just based on the, the limited amount of resources they have, um, but but again, but in this case, still both sides' strategies not aligned with ways and means, and it's probably worse on the side of Ukraine because if if they were somewhat, if they want to survive at this point, frankly, they would say, okay, we'll negotiate right now. They lose twenty percent of their land mass, they lose about seventy five percent of ge- revenue generating for their country, which is a huge loss, and um, they likely still lose Crimea. I see this 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 thing going on with Ukraine about how they think they could take Crimea back. I just don't see it. My clients always on top of it. Love having you on military analyst, uh, retired major in the army. Appreciate it. My man, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks Chad. Talk soon. Thanks at Chad Benson show, Twitter, C H A D B E N S O N. You heard it there. Uh, the spy balloon, you know, interesting take on that. Uh, you know, and is it, is it higher? Is it out of, of, uh, in such a way that it's above certain stuff? As he pointed out, you know, lawyers are running around making some decisions potentially in the Pentagon and, and then the other side of things, you know, the, the, the thing with Ukraine, like, why are we not giving them planes if we're giving them this when they need it? It's just, it's fascinating. It is. And it's scary too, based on the fact that the countries we're talking about also are nuclear powers and diametrically opposed to so much of what we believe. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, 24, 23 at Chad Metzen show. My pillow right now is the Giza Dream Sheets on sale. So start your New Year sleeping better, sliding into the most comfortable sheets you're ever going to own. Guaranteed world best cotton. Grown in one region in the Sahara Desert between the Mediterranean Sea and the Nile River. It's a long staple cotton. That's what it's called. It's ultra soft, super breathable, tons of colors and styles to choose from. Sheen washable, six day money back guarantee, one year limited warranty. I've got them on all my beds. So this year, here it is 2023, get a better sleep, sleep comfortable, sleep more cool, plus take uh, the opportunity to look at all the other deep discounts at MyPillow.com slash Benson. That's MyPillow.com slash Benson. That includes bedding products, blankets, pillows, comforters, and the Giza Dream uh, bed sheets for as low as $29.98 while quantities last. Stock up now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use that promo code Benson. To start your New Year's off in a slumbery, very nice way. MyPillow.com slash Benson. MyPillow.com slash Benson. The Chet Benson Show. Warning. No snowflake zone. Uninformed opinions are in danger of melting. 
The Chad Benson Show. Three very different movies opening wide at the box office this weekend. Knock at the Cabin comes from M. Night Shyamalan, a thriller about a family taken hostage and forced to make a terrible choice. If you fail to choose, the world will end. 80 for Brady stars Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Sally Field, and Lily Tomlin as a bunch of football-loving friends road-tripping to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is no place for four old women. And The Amazing Maurice is an animated cat tale featuring the voices of Amelia Clark, Hugh Laurie, and more. Knock at the Cabin is probably going to be number one. This probably the weekend that Avatar gets dethroned. Ooh, it looks great. If you don't know what it is, uh, it, it, two men uh, married, it looks like, uh, go to a weekend getaway at the cabin. They've got their, their daughter with them, a uh, little girl, and she meets in the woods Dave Batista. And she comes back and tells them, they think you're lying. Uh, There's nobody out there. They knock at the cabin and they're forced to choose. They've got to choose which one of them will die to save the world. And of course, it's two men instead of women. They're like, ah, no, 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 no. I'm not picking. You're not picking. We're, you know, kind of, Chad, that's not very nice. Because, you know, if it was a man and a woman, the guy would go, all right, me, if you have to do this. Oh, Chad, you're just being sexist now. Settle down. Uh, Somebody that listens to the show went and saw it last night and said they read the book uh, and gave me a full, so much of a rundown of, of what this thing was about. Uh, said he saw it last night said for the, he said, I'll just start by saying for me the first time ever, I like the movie better than the book. I like the direction it took and how it ended. Uh, you know, so he won't spell out all the details, but says, uh, if you read the book, it's drastically more gruesome, but, uh, and you'll get a, a different ending, but this looks good. So this is what I think is going to win the weekend at the box office. Just throwing it out there. 80 for Brady might do well, uh, but Avatar probably bops down for the first time in a long time. Made all that money. Can it get to the number one spot? This is what people are looking at now. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Very interesting with our military analyst, Mike Lyons said about what's going on, not only with the Chinese balloon, which they've come out and said, it's just a research balloon that has blown off course. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like, are we really buying that? No offense, China, but, you know, uh, don't know if we believe everything you say. I'm just saying that because we don't believe it is why I'm saying that. If you miss any of the show, grab the podcast. Chad Benson, Jr. This is the Chad Benson Show.